0: Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck.
1: Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I talked to Zach Wisnowski, I think I said his name right, Zach Wiz, and he tells us about going to the Iceland Spartan Ultra World Championships, and uh, it was quite an adventure for him, and it was a really awesome interview, and I hope you enjoy it. What's up, man? What are you doing today? Hey. Zach Wisnowski. Did I say it right?
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I just got done with a uh, little workout in my driveway. My first workout since Iceland. Um, would have been a longer workout, but I had to drop my truck off at the body shop
1: since I crashed it right before the race. Yeah, we right saw right that... We saw that Facebook post where it looked like uh, you had hit another car or something, or the car pulled out in front of you.
0: Yeah, it got pulled out right in front of me on the way to work in the morning. Uh, and I, I don't get excited for races anymore. And on Thursday morning, I woke up and I was actually excited and like nervous. Right. And the night before, I just had my chiropractor appointment, got my back all lined up nice, went to get a massage, got some cupping done. So I was like feeling great for the race, getting like excited. On the way to work, this guy pulls out in front of me from a jug handle,
2: Ooh. and
0: I T-boned him going about 35. Ooh. And I, I don't wear a seatbelt. I know
1: as bad as
2: that is. Scott hashtag, gets on me all hashtag the hashtag time.
1: Yeah, Leanne's here, everybody, by the way. Hi. Hey. Yeah. yeah, so I hit this guy. The airbag didn't go off, but I didn't get hurt somehow. But my back was sore like the rest of the day, Ooh. which is like freaking me out luckily yeah. my truck was able
0: to drive so i was able to get to the airport and everything but i was like just freaking out like talk about the worst way to start a race especially 24 hour ones Getting into a front-end accident going like 35 hitting a hitting basically a brick wall like 48 hours before you start a race
1: yeah no doubt i imagine that one was pretty nervous where, where where are you from man or where are you living at i'm um, from central
0: jersey if anybody uh does any of the races in English Town, New Jersey,
1: they usually have, like, the Tri-State Tough Mudder there. Yeah. I'm about five minutes from there.
0: I oh. pass that race venue on the way
2: to my gym every uh, day. Well, at oh, least me cool. and Scott know where you can crash if we ever come up that way to run one of that's those it. races. For real. I, I got room for you. You just have
0: to uh, share the space with the weasel.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I forgot. What's your weasel's name? Atlas. Atlas, exactly. that's right.
0: I'm, like, pacing my house, and he's chasing me right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, is it a weasel, or is it a ferret? It's a ferret, but I call him a weasel. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, like, calling a dog a wolf. Yeah. yeah.
2: Wasn't he, like, I pissed guess. off at you for leaving him And when you I, went to Iceland?
0: Yeah, actually, this time he was. I came home, I leave him out, so he has, like, free room in the house. Um, and, unfortunately, he's not really potty trained, so I get to play, like, hide-and-seek with his little...
1: <laughs> shits uh, <laughs> That's but, uh, so i got home and i i left like a couple lights
0: on for him and i went to my bedroom and i was like looking for him and he was like hiding from me underneath my like nightstand and usually he like comes right out but he like wasn't sure i guess who i was so i like, had to go on the floor and like kind of like entice him to come out i
2: was like oh my god he's mad at me <laughs> <laughs> poor thing but
0: but yeah he nah, he's usually all right though
1: Hmm. He hasn't burned the house down yet, so...
2: Well, that's cool. Don't play with matches while <laughs> you're gone. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, Zach, uh, before you yeah. te- tell us about how your trip went, man, tell us how you, like, got into OCR, man.
0: Um, well, I started racing in 2010, and um, what got me into it was, uh, I was watching the Winter Olympics, and... I think it was, like, 2009, maybe, whenever that one was, or maybe it was 2010, and it just, like, inspired me. I used to work out a lot in high school, yeah. and then after high school, I kind of stopped for, like, two years. I was working full-time, and I kind of, like, got out of shape, and I was just, like, I don't know, unhealthy, I guess, and I was watching the Olympics, and I was seeing the ages of all these, like, athletes just killing it, and they were, like, younger than me. You know, I was, like, 20, and they're, like... 16 years old, like at the top of their game, and I'm like, you know, I used to be in such great shape. I need to start training again. And around the same time, a coworker sent me two websites. He sent me Tough Mudder, yeah, and he sent me YouMayDie.com, which was the Death Race. Right. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. I don't really <laughs> want to do this. But the Death Race like scared the shit out of me, so I was like, all right, I'll sign up for Tough Mudder. And then I just started like researching more mud runs. And that year in 2010, I did like a Run Amok think down and dirty i did the tough mudder and i might have done like one other so and then like the following years after that i would do like five races a year just like not serious it was just something fun to do right until like 2014 and then that's when i started taking it more serious that's when battle frog came out yeah did my first spartan in 2014 and then like from there it's been like 40 races a year (laughs) traveling all over
1: craziness man i thought i did a bunch of races this year 40 races that's insane
0: um this year i have to check i could check but uh yeah usually it's like somewhere between upper 30s and like upper 40s amount of races a year
1: yeah and you did a bunch of ultras this year how many ultras you do this year let
0: me i got my schedule right here let's see this year well i so spartan ultras. Uh, This year I did Jersey, I did Tahoe, I did Vermont, I did South Carolina, and I did Dallas and Iceland. So that's six Spartan Ultras
1: this year. So you did all the U.S. Ultras. Except for Breckenridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got injured training for the death race in, like, May.
0: I had a shoulder injury. And it took me out from, uh, like, my last race in the springtime was the Tough Mudder Philly. Yeah. And then my first race back was Vermont ultra beast so i was out for like a long time didn't train it was like really bad Mm. um let's see this year i did one two three four five six i did like 15 ultras this year
2: oh wow so did you get picked to do the death race
0: i did i did
2: Oh wow I like, remember uh, seeing your interview online um, on Facebook and um, I think would you you had you did like a um, it was in um, I guess kind of like reference to a friend of yours that had passed away
0: Yeah yeah um, so when I race I wear the ashes of my best friend who passed away in high school um, He died when we were seniors he was 18 years old. He died of a rare form of cancer called rhabdo uh, sarcoma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, what is that?
0: And uh, first he got he got cancer when we were in like freshman year of high school. We actually like started going to a boxing gym and stuff like that. We were like best friends. Like, mm. We'd sleep over in his house like all the time. Like we were tight. He got some kind of cancer in his foot. Then it went away. Then in like the end of junior year, it came back. But it came back in his like abdominal fluid.
1: Oh, my God. And then
0: it ended up, like, becoming tumors, and he basically starved to death. It was, like, really bad. Yeah, so he uh he passed away um before we graduated, a month after he turned 18. So that, like, that was a really bad time in my life. But luckily I was able to get a little vial of his ashes that I have in, like, a little metal container.
2: Yeah.
0: And so when I started working out in 2010, I, like, used him as... My motivation and he always wanted to climb Mount Everest he was like obsessed with climbing Mount Everest and at the time like I didn't think anything of it I was like yeah it's cool I guess that's cool to tell at parties like when you're an adult like yeah I climb Mount Everest no big deal but now that I'm thinking about it I want to do that but that's why I carry his ashes because he always wanted to climb that mountain so right. I figure like I'm climbing Vermont I'm climbing like all these crazy mountains traveling so I wear his ashes with me that's pretty cool kind of like honor his life you
1: know so are you going to do Everest one day? Yeah, and actually what's, what's pretty cool
0: is he was a, uh, a junior dragster, and at Englishtown, where the races are, he used to race there on the track. Right. And the, the junior dragster tower
1: is dedicated after him. It's named after him. Oh, Daniel that's cool. So, yeah, so it's like every time I go to
0: race there, I look at the tower and I see his name on it. It's pretty cool.
1: Oh man, that is cool. That's cool that you're, uh, you know, carrying his ashes around with you to all those races yeah. too. That's really neat. Yeah.
0: So if I if I do climb Everest, I'm gonna spread his ashes at the top.
1: Oh sure. man. That'll yeah. be awesome. That'd be an epic journey, man. I don't think yeah. I could hack a cold.
0: Yeah. One one day, it's, that trip takes like a couple months, so I can't I can't swing that yet. But um, oh, yeah. maybe in like ten years or something.
1: Yeah, that would yeah, be an so, expensive trip for sure.
0: So, in my death race video, yeah, I referenced Lorenzo. So I was going to bring his ashes for that, but I got injured, and then uh, they didn't really tell you you're selected. The week of, I get an email, and they're like, hey, you're supposed to be in Vermont, and I was like, uh, uh, my shoulder's injured. I kind of can't. Huh. So, that was that. Well, Maybe next year.
2: I say, you can always do it next year. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm... Gotta see my schedule. Next year will be epic.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You missed uh, busting Mike's balls through the whole event. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, li- I listened to that podcast. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had
0: uh, some, you know, fear missing out or whatever with that one. Yeah, he
1: made like it sound fun, even though I don't think it would have been. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't like being like told what to do like that. You mean either? Like the go
0: like I love go rock and the Hurricane Heats, but I'd rather just like do individual stuff.
1: Yeah. I think stuff, I think that, that those are one of, of those bit. things where it would be fun, like, if you know, it was some close friends, like, hey, let's all go do this together. It's yeah. not one of those things I would go do if I didn't know anybody there. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I, I would can, definitely I do one of the ones pass that on the floor, like ground do it from doing burpees. Yeah.
1: I would have been doing some shady burpees, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, burpees, like, totally destroy
0: me. i take, like, so long doing them, they'd totally kill me. So I would definitely suffer for
2: a long time doing those. Probably be the last
1: one to finish those burpees. Yeah, no, I'm good until, like, I get to, like, 10 or 15, and I'm like, man, it sucks. I
2: always count up, and then I count backwards, so that way I can realize how many less I have. What? So it doesn't oh. seem, so I'll go 1 through 15, and then I count back, and I'll like, 15, 14, 13, 12, I would get 11. so confused
1: doing that, it's and I would get disqualified of it, because I didn't do my burpees right.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely get confused. <laughs> Well, you always have to add like one more extra just in case you don't count right. In Iceland,
0: on right. one lap, I added a couple extra just in case.
1: Mm. Didn't so, want to get disqualified from that one. So Zach, you went you went to Iceland last year also, man.
0: I did, I did, and it was uh, the most dangerous race I've ever done last year. That really? Was, yeah, last year was
1: insane. So you're saying but, last year was harder than this year?
0: No. It was now this year is was definitely tougher, but last year
1: the the weather conditions were uh, nasty. Like rained for like five six hours, then it iced,
0: then it snowed, then everything turned to ice. This year the course was tougher. This year the carries were longer, and I feel like they were heavier. But the conditions were perfect. It,
1: they were it, trying to slow no, John down. I knew there was going to be a lot more oh, carries. Without a doubt. Without a <laughs> doubt. And and I think they realized how hard
0: they made it because I think after the first lap, they changed one of the prizes from the first person to 100 miles won 100,000. And then after like the first lap, they said the first person to 90 miles got 100,000. Oh, wow. So I feel like they realized how bad it was. I mean, the the bucket carry was terrible but then the second sandbag it was so steep and it went down in this like ravine and the whole course wasn't covered with snow it was only like going up to the peak and down yeah so a lot of it was like kind of muddy and the ground was like totally uneven and very rocky and that sandbag was definitely the toughest sandbag i've ever done wow. it was the worst was Everybody there, was complaining about it.
1: Was there, like, ice on the ground and, like, really sketchy, like, slippery um, steps you took?
0: Yeah. There was um, going up to the peak across the top of the mountain and then back down. So the beginner race started and, um so the beginner race started, and we did a 5K through the town, just like last year. Right. Just through the streets, and it was pretty cool because the, the
1: roads, like, weren't closed off the traffic. So there's, like, cars driving around (laughs) us,
0: like, it was like the Spartans were invading Iceland, it was pretty cool. Was there, like, a
1: lot of locals, like, you know, on the sidelines, cheering and watching and stuff? Yeah,
0: there were, like, outside, like, there were, like, little kids, like, standing at their doorsteps, like, waving to us. Oh, I bet that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But, uh, so after we did that 5K, we entered the actual laps, which were 6.6 miles. Right. And about a half mile into the loop started the climb to the peak and that climb was completely covered with snow and ice and it was basically like ice climbing, that's the the closest thing I could describe to it because of how steep it was and rocky it was you couldn't like stand straight up you basically were like hunched over and they had ropes going all the way up just because of how slick it was
1: Yeah, and and then it was totally windy. Like the the weather was fine, but the wind was like sustainable winds the entire time. Oh man! So it was
0: it was pretty pretty wild. But um, they said for the packing list that we could bring uh, micro spikes this year. So leading up to the race, I'm like, oh man, last year last year I walked the whole course because it was so slick from the ice I couldn't run. Right. So like, oh man, this is a game changer. I get spikes this year. Like I'm gonna crush this thing. But then closer <laughs> to the event. They're like, oh, no, you could bring the spikes, but you can only wear them when we say and only on a certain part of the course.
1: What? That's lame.
0: Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, man. And they didn't really <laughs> tell you this until like a couple of days before the event. So here I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be easy, whatever. But no, so they ended up not letting us put those spikes on until 3 a.m.
1: Oh, so one, man.
0: A lot of people were done.
1: Tapped out laughing. before then, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of people stopped at four four laps. Got you your belt buckle. Four laps got you to like thirty miles. Right. So a lot of people stopped at that point. But uh, but with the spikes on that that ascent was not bad. It was it was pretty manageable. But then the downhill off of the peak, it was basically like you were rappelling down a mountain. It was so slick that you really like standing up was. Totally dangerous to rappel down. You had to basically slide on your ass.
2: Mm.
0: I was seeing people like uh, bust their ass really hard. They totally slammed the ground. Wow. A couple of people were getting injured on that. But of course, like I watched Atkins and he just like runs down and I'm like, how is this possible?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just like, a, he's cruising. a freak of nature, man.
0: Yeah. But so so then by um, Albin actually quit at uh, his sixth lap. He was. Him and uh, Atkins were pretty much in the lead the entire time. And then, I don't know what happened to Albin, but he bowed out for Atkins. He basically said, Atkins is a machine. He's got this. Hmm. And he he stopped at six. I don't know what exactly happened.
1: I think uh, uh, I saw that somebody had interviewed him or something and said that he wasn't on pace for the one hundred. And he, he, di- he wasn't going to destroy himself to, like, ruin his next season of skiing or whatever he does.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, because there there's a lot of dangerous uh, parts of that course that were just, like, really slick. Yeah. Any, any wrong move, and you were going to hurt yourself really bad, because the entire ground was, like, rocks, jagged rocks everywhere. Like, being
1: on another planet pretty much. Yeah. I know when it, when Ryan come across the finish line, he looked like, you know, that race was his match, you know? I mean, yeah, he he, he he looked done for sure.
0: He he said it was the hardest course he's ever done.
1: I yeah. He said that.
0: I don't know when, but I remember him saying that. And I think he got like 82 miles or something like 83. Yeah. Got like 12 or 13 laps, which is insane.
1: He, he looked, he looked miserable, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't even imagine he crushed that course <laughs> Yeah.
0: but I'm not surprised
1: so I saw a couple of obstacles that were on the map and one was called, was it like the ice cube carry, what, what was that? so basically
0: they filled a the bucket up with I guess water and froze it oh, and then man. turned it upside down and took the bucket off so it was like a bucket sized ice block with a metal handle in it so it was almost
1: like the um uh, what's the one where we carry the balls? oh the armor with the yeah it was like the armor but with ice which uh-huh. was easy it was
0: that one was like just a filler
1: yeah. That one was, yeah i was just curious what it was i was like i was like yeah. surely they're not going to make them carry an ice cube with yeah. your hands yeah <laughs> and
0: so last year they had those and because it was raining they were like melting
1: So you'd get up to it, and it was like this tiny little ice block. It was like a joke. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And there was another obstacle that was called the Yokohama Tire Drag. What was that? Surely it wasn't a man's tire you had to drag, was it? You had to drag this tire.
0: It wasn't like the ones, um, the real thick, thick monster ones. Yeah. But they've been having a slip. I don't think I'd be able to drag that a couple inches. That tire is like... (laughs) tires like
1: my nemesis i hate that thing i know that's a heavy Uh, tire the only i was thinking if if it's that tire the only way they could slide that tire if it was on like a lake of ice Yeah. (laughs) but then you wouldn't get any grip with your feet to pull it
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much Uh, it was a smaller tire it was a manageable tire and we had to drag it like i don't know 10 15 feet do five burpees and then drag it back it wasn't that bad I, i was basically like stand on the one side of it and kind of just, like, pull it and then hop, step. And it was just, like, pulling it along.
1: Oh, cool. That,
0: that one wasn't too bad. That was, that was actually the first
1: obstacle once you started your new lap. You went to that. Right. Hmm. And then,
0: that, actually, in the, the middle of the night, I think it was, like, probably around 3 in the morning, maybe, um, the race director, Mike Morris, was standing at that obstacle, and he was doing a gear check because there was a, a mandatory list of, like, items that you had to have with you. Yeah. One of them was, like, a whistle, an emergency blanket. You had to have, like, a hat. You had to have waterproof pants, like, a couple items. And he was doing a gear check at that point. And if you didn't have your the right gear, then you got a lap taken away from you. What? And you had to do 30 burpees, yeah.
1: No and way. I know people who got taken away. And actually, I think... Um, Azar got a lap taken away, the elite runner. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he had waterproof pants. I think he was running like compression pants.
1: Right. And
0: I'm pretty sure that's what happened with him. But I know there's a couple people that that happened, and they had a, a lap taken away.
1: Oh, man, I'd have been freaking yeah. pissed.
0: No, Believe me, there were people pissed.
1: Well, surely they knew those yeah. rules. Was that just yeah. like a rule that come out? All of a sudden, or did they know that those rules pre-race?
0: It was in the athlete guide that they gave us, and at the pre-race briefing, they told us, you know, this is a mandatory items; you got to have them.
1: Uh, I wonder so if it was one was of those there. things where he thought he could finish the lap he was on before he got to that point and change well, out, maybe.
0: Nobody knew that they were actually going to do that. Oh, man. Nobody knew they were actually going to check your items, which I like. Because if it says oh, yeah. in the rules that you have to have it, you gotta have it. Right. That's, I like that. Because last year we had to have a bunch of even more stuff. We had to have, like medical tape and all this stupid stuff that we didn't <laughs> even have to. We didn't even use, and they never checked it. And I was like, oh man, you know, yeah, waste of money, like, man. Yeah, like the adventure race I did the week before, there was a mandatory gear list, and they never checked it. And I was like, oh man, I got all this stuff. I kind of wanted to show off that I had it, you know. Mm. But uh. Yeah, there was there was a couple people
1: at uh they got their laps taken away and it was pretty tough. Man, that would be just a that would kill like a lot of momentum for me like mentally. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> there was this one woman that I was pitting next to and her and her I don't know, her friend they went out for the a lap and both of them got a lap taken away. And her friend quit. He said fuck it and he just his race. Wow. and ended his race. But so she came back, and this was about 5.30 in the morning, maybe like almost 6 o'clock. And so she got a lap taken away, so she would have been going on her fourth lap. So right now she got it taken away, so now she's only on her third. So now she doesn't even get a buckle yet. Mm. And she said to me, she was like, do you think I have enough time to get two more laps in? So I get my buckle. And I said, if you pit right now and eat a ton of food like just stuff your face and then carry a bunch of food with you so you don't have to come back in the pit i think you got it and then she went out and i seen her after the race and she got it oh
1: that's awesome with
0: me she was like if it wasn't for you i would have never done that i didn't think i could do it
1: oh wow that's awesome it
0: was it was was pretty cool yeah yeah i I forget what her name was i have to look her up but yeah it was pretty cool that she uh she went after it
1: even after getting a uh Lap taken away and got it done. It's pretty cool. That's good for her, man, because, like, yeah. I would have just probably, you know, I'd, I'd have probably been the one that throwed a little bitch fit and made a scene. If they took uh, away uh, a lap uh, in those there conditions. There were definitely people doing that. Oh, I'm sure it was. Why it's didn't anybody film do. that and post that on Facebook? <laughs> I
0: don't know. I'm, <laughs> a lot I'm of sure we'll see something there. like
1: that. You know, you know and you that. that something like that. And that's like total news, like, you didn't see that anywhere in the feed to where it was mandatory gear, and we were going to check it, and we were going to bust you a lap if you didn't have it. Yeah, well, and in the, in the,
0: uh, guide, the race guide, it said that they were going to, uh, dock you two laps. Wow. So, their penalty was originally 10 miles, which, I mean, each lap was 6.6, so roughly two, I don't know how they would have done that math, but... So basically two laps, and then I think because they realized how hard the course was, they changed it down to one.
1: Wow. That's insane, man. And 30 burpees. And 30 burpees. Yeah, and (laughs) then... Just another slap in the face on top of losing a lap, you gotta do 30 burpees. And the the funny thing was, they did
0: that at, I think it was probably like around 3 in the morning, maybe like 2.30, and after midnight, if you fail an obstacle, your
1: burpees changed to 15. Oh, that's kind of so cool. You didn't have to do 30. Yeah, it was cool.
0: But if you if you got that penalty by not having your item, you had to do 30. So it was like an extra tick of the balls. It was like, oh, they just ate the 15 and I got to do 30.
1: Oh. Yeah. 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 No, only uh, there were
0: six obstacles that had burpee penalties.
1: Which ones were those? The rigs so and all.
0: That was Olympus. That was. Um, the monkey bars, oh, no, no, not the monkey bars, the rig, which was all rings, it was an easy one, spear, twister,
1: and herquoise, the herquoise was heavy, it was I no bet. joke. I bet, but, um, being frozen.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so last year, like, Olympus was frozen over from the rain, and it was impossible. You couldn't put oh, your feet sure. up, even if you put your knees up, you just dead hanged.
1: This year it was dry, so it was, it was very manageable. So I, was, I, was only, ask that. I only failed spear, all five laps, only failed spear, and then
0: I failed the rig, the last lap, because the winds kicked up, and I was reaching for a ring, and the wind shifted it, and I went to reach, and I just got air, and <laughs> I fell, I was so pissed, because that last lap, I was like, oh man, I'm going to try to get the last lap, fifth lap is going to be a clean lap. No burpees this lap. And I freaking did the most burpees the last lap. I just felt two
1: that last one. Shoot, was the wind blowing hard enough to blow the rings? Yeah. Oh, that, I bet that it challenging was, too. The wind,
0: I mean, it had to be like 40,
1: 50 mile an hour winds. It was pretty extreme. Oh, wow. How did that just not yeah. like pierce your skin and just make you cold? Did the gear you have, did it work? Were you warm enough?
0: Yeah, I was actually too warm. When I... Started the race for the 5K. I was wearing a, uh, a 2xu, uh, like a compression short sleeve top, and then I was wearing a long sleeve fleece, like sweatshirt, and then I just had like a lightweight windbreaker over it. And right. I was soaked. I was sweating so bad. I took my face mask off, my hat off. I'm bald, so like my bald head is out there in like <laughs> 30 degree weather. I'm like dripping sweat. Like holy crap, how am I sweating? I was so hot that lap.
1: And, and, and it was then, like 30, uh, it was like 30 degrees, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was like upper 20s, low 30s, and then overnight it had to drop into like the
1: mid to low 20s. Man, I don't know yeah, how you did that with just cool. a fleece, like pullover, man, and a windbreaker. I would have been freezing my butt off. So, so that was, that was the first two
0: laps I wore that, well, wow. so the, the first lap, I wore that fleece and everything. I got back to my transition, and my fleece was soaking wet, and so was my, <laughs> like, compression shirt. So I said to myself, you know, if I start slowing down, I can't afford to get cold and have all this wet stuff on me. So I shed that off, and I put on a long-sleeve, like thermal uh, shirt, a long-sleeve, like long johns, up top. And then my windbreaker over it, and I was good that the whole next lap. But that lap, lap two, I'm hiking up to the top of the mountain, and I kind of got to go to the bathroom, so I stopped to pee. And I go to the bathroom and I notice that it's kind of pink. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's that's not really good. Like, whatever. So I keep going. And then about halfway through the lap, I pee and it's
2: just red. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, it it looks like somebody dropped red food coloring dye in my urine. It wasn't like thick, but it was
1: red. So at this point, I start freaking out. I'm like, I would have to. I'm like, am I getting rabbed, though? Did
0: something happen in the accident the other day? Are my organs Ooh. fucked up? Yeah, so I'm like, a million things are going through my mind. I'm like, holy shit, am I going to fucking die out here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> but of course, that sounds like, well, I don't want to get medically dropped from this race. I didn't come out here to DNF. So I decided that I was going to keep going, but watch, monitor it. Right. So, so lap two I'm going through um, and I'm just like worried the entire time oh I'm sure uh, I see my one buddy pass me on this one spot that like you could see the people that were behind you and I yelled to him uh, Billy Richards I don't know if you know him he runs with the American flag yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I know I he's
0: had rhabdo before so I, like, I was like Billy I'm fucking pissing blood dude and he's like when you get the transition just drink a ton of water you'll be alright and I was like
2: all right. So
0: I get, I get back to transition and, uh, my buddy, uh, Cody, his girlfriend was there and, uh, I asked her for a couple of noon tabs and I ended up putting it in like a big thing of water. And I chugged like 18 ounces of that. And then I chugged like another 18 ounces of just water. And I sat there for a while and waited until I had to go to the bathroom again. And then when I did go, it was not red. It was like pink again. Right. So I was like, okay, Something weirds going on, but it's not getting worse. So let's go out for lap three.
1: <laughs> Man, so, that would have that would have I, totally like freaked me out and scared me. Yeah, I'd like yeah. try my best to like run behind Josh Fiore because I know he's like an ER doctor or something like that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
0: freaked me out, and yeah, you can just imagine what you're worrying about. Everything, just uh, just craziness. And uh, when I was in transition, I was I was like, should I tell medical? You Mm. had 30 minutes of medical before you got dropped from the race.
1: Oh, well, that's cool they did that. Yeah. Because no, most of the time, you you get medical assistant in a regular Spartan race. That's it. That's it. You're pulled. That's it. That was cool that they did that for that race. And so, you got 30 minutes of medical
0: until you got dropped. If they had to use an IV on you, you got dropped.
1: Mm. And I was figuring that they'd have to use an IV on me. Yeah, probably so. So, I mean, it's
0: probably not the smartest thing to keep going, but it ended up working out for me. Right. Um, so then Lab 3 started, and uh, my, my left knee has been giving me issues with my IT band since um, about mid-October when I attempted a 100-miler. Uh, I got, like, some IT band issues, runner's knee, from that race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that started to to bother me, and every step hurt. I'm sure you've felt
1: that pain before with yep. your IT band. Mine flared uh, up when we was in South Carolina a few weeks ago, and it bothered me this past weekend. It's, it's the I worst. hate it. It's the worst.
0: I know. So I got some tricks to help it, but, um, so uh, I'm usually, like, pretty
1: emotional when I run, like, certain distances. Yeah. And uh, I, like, talk to myself a little bit,
0: and, uh, getting to that knee pain like it was hurting so bad that I started saying like stuff to myself I remember I was telling myself I was like um, you need this pain you're not done hurting yet and I kept saying that to myself and then I started to cry a little bit and then after I fucking got myself together my knee pain literally stopped wow. and from that point on it didn't hurt at all, at all. it still doesn't hurt my knee feels fine
1: That's I cute. finished
0: I finished three more laps after that point and literally my body wasn't sore after the race. I have no idea what kind of voodoo happened to my body at that point on my mountain, <laughs> but I tapped into something because like, I mean, I was taking the stairs in the airport after the race, Wow! like smiling about it. <laughs>
1: you, you mentally made the pain go away.
0: Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. I didn't really think it was totally possible
1: that's cool so pretty cool so when you were pissing blood did that finally did it just go away or so after um so i chugged
0: all that water and i ate a lot and at that transition i pissed and it was a little pink right and then the next time i went to the bathroom it was a little bit less pink and then it was yellow right and then it's been normal since but i'm going to schedule a physical because that's not cool to be pissing blood no i race i race too often for that to happen like you know half marathon distance into a race
1: yeah well i wonder if it was like something where you got dehydrated really bad or something maybe you think Uh, especially because you sweated so much on the first two laps
0: that's what i was thinking also because before the race i took four ibuprofen which is usually more than i take usually i'll take like two or three but it took four because I figured I was just in this accident. My back's kind of sore. Right. And I wasn't really drinking that much during that first lap, so I think I I think that's what happened. Mm. Possibly. I don't know.
1: Did you drink a bunch of beet leaf or something?
0: <laughs> no, no. And what's funny is usually like my normal diet, I eat a lot of beets. So right. I'm used to that happening. Yeah. But the past couple of days before the race, I didn't have any beets, and then I had a. Just one scoop of beetle elite, And with all the beets, and I always drink beetle elite before my workouts, so for that to be that color, yeah. with not really having that much. You knew something was wrong. Yeah, there was something wrong. Definitely something wrong with that.
1: I remember I had to go get a physical, like, uh, right after a race, and... Uh... Uh, at work and i had they took a urine sample and i mean it, my urine was dark but she had yeah. told me that there was blood in my urine but she says yeah. that's normal for you know because it was like a double beast weekend we did so oh, she's okay. like that was no- normal just for that much running you know for runners to have a little bit of blood in their urine but i mean you couldn't i mean you couldn't see it was red or nothing for sure yeah that's pretty wild so, yeah that, that would have freaked me out That reminds me of one year I was going for a physical, so I took off
0: of work, and it was like later on in the day, so in the morning, I went to the gym, and I used to take like pre-workout like it was nothing, Yeah. and I was all hopped up on this stuff. It was like, (laughs) uh, I was like freaking crack, I don't know, but I went to the doctor's, got my physical, and she was checking my heart, and did the EKG, and she was like, I need to talk to you, Hmm. and she pulled up the the, the thing with the EKG,
2: and she was like, are you on cocaine right now? (laughs) I was like... No, like, I
0: just went to the gym, and she was like, yeah, you can't take that pre-workout anymore. She was like, your heart is, thinks it's on cocaine right now.
1: She was oh, like, right. that's
0: very, it's very bad for you. I was like, uh, but I want to get my pump. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's, definitely don't take
1: pre-workout before going for your physical. <laughs> I'm trying to get my swole, on, woman. Damn right. <laughs> she just doesn't understand. Gotta get my pump. You weren't taking that Volt stuff, were you? I had to, somebody give me a sample of that, and I didn't read it. And yeah. I, I thought it was just one serving in that little pack, and it was two. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just thought I was late everywhere I was going. I was like, I got go, <laughs> <I gotta> go. <laughs> to go. I got to go.
0: I used to take that uh, Jack
1: 3D back when it was like just came out, the yeah. original formula. And then I used to take this stuff called Dark Rage. And Dark that Rage.
0: stuff was like... I I finally found it a couple years later and I drank it and I threw up. It was, that <laughs> it was like, I was in the middle of a workout and I had to stop. I went to the bathroom and puked. It was like, <laughs> I don't even know, drinking Satan's blood. I don't even
2: know what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was crazy.
1: That's funny.
2: You're probably like heavy breathing, trying to figure out what was going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. My body was like, oh my God, what did you just drink? <laughs> jet jet fuel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny so but,
0: um, uh, so four laps was to get a buckle but then to be considered a 24 hour finisher you had to spend 15 hours on the course so you couldn't just um, like hang out and transition and then go out right they wanted you on course and to be part of that 24 hour finisher you had to finish between 9 and 12 o'clock p.m. or a.m. Okay. Uh, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. So you had that window, and when you would go in the transition after a lap, if you wanted to cross the finish line, you had to do so within an hour of getting in transition. So there's like all these like little like rules that you're always thinking about, all these like numbers and stuff that you have to worry about to finish. Yeah. So when you're starting to get to the end of your race, you really have to time out those last few laps so you know you could finish before 12. Right. And they said if if you finish after 12 noon...
1: You were disqualified, you right?
0: You were disqualified. Nothing counted.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And, and that's like... I don't like those rules because World's Toughest Mudder yeah. does... You start your last lap at noon, and then you have until 1.30. So this is like kind of... Yeah. It gives you a shorter race.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and that's one thing to say for... These guys that have gotten a hundred and plus miles at Tough Mudder, they have that extra leeway time at the end where Spartan didn't, you know, and I know some of the penalty laps at Tough Mudder are pretty long, but, you know, there's no heavy carries at Tough Mudder, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got to do burpees for penalties, heavy carries and burpees are probably going to wear you out a lot more than like a penalty lap, so... I mean, 100%. for somebody to get a hundred miles and do it under those Icelandic conditions, yeah. that would have been uh, a miracle effort, you know. Without a doubt, uh, I was thinking that the like the
0: entire time I was racing, I was like, "How can anybody do a hundred miles with these conditions?" Yeah, I've done World's Toughest Mudder a few years, and I love the
1: twenty-four hour races. But basically, World's Toughest Mudder is fun.
0: Iceland, like, the Ultra Championship, it's to break you. It's just... <laughs> it's to hurt you. There's no other way to describe it. It is brutal. World Toughest Mudder is, like, you're in a tent, like, tent city, and the laps are fun. Everybody's helping each other. In Spartan, it's, like... It's just brutal. Mm.
1: And you have, like, a lot longer in the dark. How, so how much daylight yeah. did you have during the race? So daylight was up from, um...
0: About 11 to, like, I don't know, 3.30 in the afternoon. 11 a.m. to 3.30. Wow. So, you were in the dark for a very long
1: time. Like, almost 20 hours. That's insane. Did you, like, get to, like, a mental place to where, you know, it's dark, you're tired, and your brain's just not used to that much darkness? And, like, what did you do to mentally just make yourself keep going? Because... I mean, my brain plays tricks on me when I'm doing races, you know, so I yeah. know it had to been, like, a super, you know, effective there. Um, I, I think
0: at this point, my brain is kind of, like, callous for longer events, because I, I don't really get to that area anymore where I'm, like, totally suffering in the darkness.
1: Right. But,
0: um, I mean, w- but when I
1: do get into that, you know, situation in my head of,
0: you know, you just think about, think about finishing, think about what you're going to eat after,
1: think about my family, my friends, what I'm going to post on Facebook after the race, my yeah. post-race posts, all my hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I flew halfway across the world to do exactly. this, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This, this, this race meant a lot to me, but, um, uh, luckily, this race, I never got to a mental point. Besides that one point when I had to basically uh, give myself a little pep talk for being a
1: pussy about my knee, right? Um, which was short,
0: but that was like my only little breaking point. And, and then after that, I was fine.
1: I bet when so, it flared up, you were like, man, not now. you know? <laughs>
0: Exactly. I was like, uh, and I was wearing a, a strap around my like lower thigh above my knee yep. to like, prevent the pain from happening. And my knee was like, no, nah, man, we're going to hurt today. Uh, I was like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> don't do this
1: to me now. Yeah, they say there's ways you can kind of rock tape around it to kind of help yeah. it. But I haven't looked into it or nothing yet, but I'm I, scared I might have to next year.
0: <laughs> I I try not to tape my legs because they're hairy. <laughs> and I really don't want to shave my legs.
1: <laughs> well... I'm gonna. I've never put rock tape on my legs, but my legs are very hairy. <laughs> it hurts very bad to take rock tape off your hairy legs. I'm well, gonna tell you right now. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. I think I'm just gonna have to try to find a better <laughs> knee sleeve. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, it's
2: not nice. To, can uh, just peel shave that tape off. the area that you're gonna put the tape on. That way, whenever you take it off, it don't hurt.
1: That doesn't sound fun at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done that too, and I look like a ridiculous fool with uh, like my. <laughs> A strip of, like, my shin shaved.
1: <laughs> That's right, man. I sport shorts, like, as long as I can. I'll be wear- I'm will be. i the one wearing a hoodie sweatshirt with shorts and flip-flops in the oh, yeah. wintertime. <laughs>
0: yeah, completely. I Like, I did uh, the snowshoe marathon, the Fridges one, in uh, Vermont in, like, February, or maybe it was the beginning of March. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and it was in Vermont, by killing things, snowing, and I was in shorts and a t-shirt,
1: running. <laughs> that's funny so,
0: so I get it
1: <laughs> man I just like wearing shorts that's all <laughs> yeah me
0: too shorts and a hoodie whatever
1: <laughs> yeah so I mean and like I always joke around is cause most of the time when I'm running in an age group or elite heat I'll have more hair on my chest than the whole heat does
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take pride in being a little grizzly you know yeah.
1: that's, that's the Sasquatch
0: Exactly. Yep. No hair on my head, but <laughs> make up for it
1: everywhere else. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, what was the feeling you had when you were coming in? It was your first lap. I mean, your last lap, man. Like, what was it feeling like? Uh, it, I, was, I definitely started to get emotional um, toward the
0: uh, probably the last mile. I actually, so I did my last, um, like, lap and a half with Billy and then a couple other people. We ended up kind of just sticking together for the end. I bet that was fun. Yeah, it was. You know, you get all the race banter and just babbling about nonsense. I don't even know. Uh, That's always fun. But uh, just thinking about that finish line and, like, looking at it, uh, I started to get emotional, uh, and I was just, like, getting myself so amped up. Just thinking about everything, thinking about the whole race year, thinking about being there last year, and I got an extra lap in this year, tougher, tougher course. So I was like, just like really proud of myself, and I was just ready to finish strong. Um, and then after, uh, I, so I did age group. So um, when you failed an obstacle, you had a, a, a passport, a piece of paper for every lap. Right. that you had to carry on you and at all the burpee obstacles there was a person with a stamp like a punch card and they would punch your passport if you made the obstacle if you didn't you didn't get a stamp so then at the end of the race when you get to before the transition point there's a guy that checks it the, the official yeah. and then he tells you how many burpees you got to do and then you do them all your burpees in one spot right then and there in front of the camera a while. So I had to do thirty burpees that lap, bang those out. The last obstacle was monkey bars. Did monkey bars, and I sprinted through the finish. And you know, I definitely got teared up. I was I was happy mm. to finish it, happy to that I was still alive after
1: that accident. You know, mm. life is short. You never know what the hell going to happen. That's right. Uh, yeah,
0: and uh, the longer races, they're just like you learn a lot about yourself doing them. That's why I really like them
1: oh yeah it's definitely more euphoric when you like for me running like the ultra spartans and that's besides running an ultra trail race that's pretty much the longest races i've done but you get you get that euphoric feeling when you come through the transition when it's halfway over and then you get it again when you cross the finish line and it's like you said in that last mile man you're already smiling because you know you're almost there yeah it's
0: like man just thinking like the 24 hours felt like it went by so fast. Uh, I don't even know. It just felt like the race was just quick.
1: Hmm. It went by quick. But, now, um, what time of the day did you finish? Were you able to finish like way before 12? Or
0: Yeah, I finished. I, I, um, I timed my lap so I finished somewhere between 10 and then 10.30.
1: Right.
0: And I wasn't going to risk going out for another lap and finishing after 12.00.
1: Oh, I don't blame you, I wouldn't have. So any I,
0: I finished that around I don't know. I think it was like 10:30. I finished just as the light was coming up, I got to Twister and Twister was probably like a mile and a half from the finish line. and at that point I took my headlamp off. I didn't need it anymore. right which is also like a mental thing. So that also helps you. Once
1: the sun comes up, it's almost like you're you know rejuvenated. Yeah. And so like you it, get
0: so many emotions in, in a race like that, you know it's just like every emotion possible ups, downs, it's everything, it's thing. It's all those emotions and oh, yeah. that short, short amount of time, you know, it's like, it's, you go through everything in, in like
1: 12, 24 hours, it's crazy. Yeah, and see, that's like another thing when you talk about, you, you weren't going to take a chance in going out for another lap, I mean, I would have done the same thing, and I'm sure, because you never know what might could happen on that last exactly. lap, you know, you might could roll your ankle and it slow you down. <laughs> That's why I think that was a pretty stupid rule to where, if you didn't come in by twelve o'clock, you were disqualified. And that's, I think that's just another restriction they put on there to keep somebody from getting to a hundred miles. Also.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I think being disqualified after twelve is a little ridiculous. For tough mudder, if you finish after one
1: thirty, yeah. that
0: last lap just didn't count.
1: Yeah, but I mean, and if that, that makes else sense. Count it, yeah, everything else counts, yeah. yeah they like could have the done time. it like that, and that would have been way more yeah. fair, because... Yeah. I don't know if it was that everybody had to be off the venue by a certain time. Yeah, and that could be it, too. I, like, carpooled with a couple people in the house I was staying with,
0: and the one guy's wife was volunteering, and she was volunteering till 2, doing, like, course breakdown. Yeah. And so I was, like, one of the last people in the transition area in that, like, soccer... Inflatable soccer field thing, right? And it was about like one o'clock, and the one official came over. He's like, "All right, we're closing down the thing." And I was like, "Well, I'm carpooling with like a volunteer. You know, can I stay in here?" And they were like, "No, like (laughs) I'm in the middle of fucking Iceland, dude. It's like 20 degrees outside. Where do you want me to go?" (laughs) So we ended up waiting in the car, but it was like waiting in the car for like 40 minutes. Like, this
1: is crazy. Yeah, that is kind of wild. So
0: I think they... Maybe that was
1: it. They just, they only had a certain amount of time and they had to shut her down.
0: I think everybody had to be out by like 2 o'clock or something like that, but it was a little ridiculous. I was like, come on. I can't just stand by the door?
2: That's
1: crazy. And then, you know, and I get the passport card. I mean, that makes sense, but why not punch your card just if you fail it that way you don't have to get punched every time you hit an obstacle you know what i mean that's true because i mean that's that would save a lot of time for the people that are trying to get to 100 miles when they finish an obstacle they got to walk to a volunteer to get their car punched i mean that that little bit of time adds up well yeah i
0: guess the volunteers would have to definitely be on point to make sure that Somebody didn't just walk away without it getting punched. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. That made yeah, yeah that made
1: sense. It, it's a
0: cool concept though with the punch cards. I I liked it, but it was for the first like
1: two laps, I kept it in my pack. Yeah.
0: And every time I'd take my pack off, hand it to them, and then it started to get annoying. So then I kept it like
1: zip tied on my front. Right. I was worried that it would get ripped off. Ripped wire <laughs> Or something like that. Yeah, there were some people that did, like, 180 burpees. Oh, wow. You know, I'm like, that's not going to be me. That would suck to have to at do 180, point, 180 burpees at one time.
0: Yeah, I w- that would probably make me quit. I would <laughs> quit, but 180 burpees, uh, I'd rather not do that.
1: And think about, like, you know, doing that many burpees, you would probably, that like, totally time. lose your count. And you'd be like, fuck, oh, what yeah. count was I at? Yeah,
0: there's no way. I guess you have to do thirty at a time. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. It, that sounds like torch. I'd rather like poke myself in the eye with a needle than do hundred and eighty
1: burpees. I probably would have went and picked up like a bunch of pebbles so I could put a pebble in front of me to let yeah. me know that, okay, I just did, you know, fifteen burpees. Yeah. There's a pebble. Yeah, that's
0: a good idea. Until somebody runs by and kicks them, and
1: you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you totally would be lost in your account. <laughs> yeah, like, like, all right, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm <here for> <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> so when you went to these obstacles like, you know, Olympus, the bars, the rig, how did you keep your hands warm? Did you take your gloves off and went bare skin on these obstacles, or were you wearing yeah. gloves? So I wore
0: I wore um, the lightweight leg mitts the entire time right and then under that either I had on my I have Wilson football receiver gloves that I wear for like some of the obstacles yeah or I didn't have any gloves on because my hands were actually like warm right and so when I got I only wear those
1: gloves on obstacles with like ropes so like the turquoise, I'll put my gloves on for like the sledge drag yeah rope climb um, rope
0: climb just because like the ropes tear up your calluses more yeah I feel like and they give you better grip. But for, like, Olympus, I was barehanded. Uh, Bender, barehanded. You know, the rigs, uh, Twister.
1: I didn't have uh, any gloves on. And it was freaking cold. Like, that metal was freezing. Oh, I'm sure. But it's over in a couple, you know, it's over in, like, 20
0: seconds. So, be able to warm your hands back up pretty quick. let <clears throat> well, cool. um, So, there were some obstacles that had a penalty loop some of those had just like a run some of them had like a bucket carry ooh
1: maybe a sandbag but they were short right and um, so
0: I ended up opting out of rope climb after lap two because um,
1: the course was such like so upper body taxing yeah. that my forearms started to cramp oh wow <laughs> so
0: I didn't want to tax my arms on something that I didn't have to do burpees on so for a rope since it was like
1: frozen solid, it was like terrible mm-hmm. grip. I decided to take the penalty loop for laps three, four,
0: and five on that one, just to save my grip for, you know, everything else. Because that Hercules was super
2: heavy.
1: I'm um, sure. I bet that was hard with the ice on the ropes and everything. I yeah, found that
2: lifting yeah, a frozen sandbag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was giving people like issues because the sandbags
0: would freeze, and it was just that one was tough. But yeah, so I, I, the black mitts are awesome. They kept my hands totally warm, and actually, almost too warm. I had my bare hands out for a lot of the time.
1: Wow. Huh. Yeah. I know well, she needs an, a store over here in the U.S. where people can buy them from. She'd make yeah, kill them feel right.
0: I just <laughs> ordered. Um, I ordered the, the light pair and the heavy pair like, a week before World's Toughest. Right. And she actually messaged me. She was like, are you planning on bringing this to World's Toughest? I was like, yeah. She's like, then you need to expedite this because you're not going to get in time. <laughs> oh, so I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, but now they came out with a new pair that has, like, a drainage hole, like, a, a thing for your watch. So I ordered, I should have waited. I didn't realize they were making a new version.
1: Yeah, I heard about the ones with the drainage hole. I didn't hear about the ones with the watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they have like a bunch of new features on it. That look pretty cool. I want to get.
1: Mm, that is pretty cool. Yeah. So, what was that uh, penalty loop like on the rope climb? Was it just an out and back run or something?
0: Yeah, it was out and back, but the back was in like a creek bed. But you were a- and
1: there was water in the creek. But you were able Ooh. to like skirt the side. Right. And uh, the- I bought these special boots for this race by
2: Merrill because I bought the boots before I knew we were going to be able to use traction devices. So Uh,
0: since the nightmare I had last year with my speed crosses, not having any grip on anything, I was like, I need to like find something that's like magic on ice. So I researched and I found these like boots by Merrill that have like some Arctic grip on their soles, which ended up not being that good, (laughs) (laughs) but they kept my feet super warm. I would, like, stomp in, like, a a mud pit and get my, like, there would be water that would, like, flow into my boot, and then my foot would be warm, like, within 10 seconds. It was, like, crazy how good these boots were for keeping your
1: feet warm, even when they were soaked and in, you know, 20-degree weather. That's cool. I don't know what Glenn Race was wearing, but he showed a picture of his foot, and it was, like, it was pretty scary looking yeah he had like frostbite or something it looked like it i mean it it, it looked pretty bad
0: my feet were actually too warm i brought wool socks and i ended up just wearing my uh, darn tough socks my lighter ones yeah they were like just so warm
1: i know if i ever do anything like that i'm going to contact you because you're probably one of the only people i said man i was too warm (laughs) yeah yeah i had uh, i
0: i was dressed properly so then uh so after i took off my two um I had my windbreaker on for the first lap. I totally sweat everything out. I had an extra windbreaker, the same kind. I had my long-sleeve thermal on with my windbreaker over the top for the second lap. And then for my third lap, I put on my jacket, which was, um, it was like fleece-lined, and the outside of it was like windproof and waterproof, but it wasn't a heavy jacket. And under that, I just had another long-sleeve thermal on. Right. And I ended up, I was even too hot in that, and I had the whole thing unzipped, and I had the zippers underneath the armpits unzipped. So I was, like, constantly regulating my body temperature to not overheat and not get too cold. But once you got to, like, the peak of the mountain,
1: you had to bundle up. You had to put your hood on, zip back up, put your face mask on, because the the wind wind. was, like,
0: the wind was just extreme.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So did you have, like, like, a... I guess like a guideline you went by like every time you come in transition what was your game plan when you come into transition every every lap
0: so uh, pretty much for the same as my uh, all my ultras when I get into transition I like to uh, drink uh, Insure Plus uh,
1: the shake yeah I guess it looks like for old people I don't know yeah. but i I've
0: got one in front of me right now got <laughs> 350 calories um, 50 carbs Thirteen grams of protein and like a bunch of other stuff in it, some sodium. So like that's like, I mean, a complete meal right there. That's right. perfect for an ultra. It's quick. You could chug it. Two of them is seven hundred calories. That's, you know, that's pretty damn good.
1: It doesn't be. have like fiber in it too, though.
0: Uh, I think a little bit, but it's never given me an issue. Right. So usually when I get it's into not a transition, bad idea,
1: really. Yeah, usually I will get in the transition. I'll have, like, one inshore or two, it
0: matters how hungry I am or how long the lap was. So, have the insures, drink some more water, um, monitor my feet. If I have any, like, blisters, I'll take... I'll change my socks out. If my feet aren't blistering, I will just leave them. I like, like, lubricating my feet a lot.
1: Right. I don't mm-hmm. get blisters. I hate blisters. With, like, what, what Vaseline or something? I
0: use um, this stuff called hiking
1: goo. Yeah.
0: And... Vaseline or Trail Toes on like... Yeah, trail Toes, that's what I was trying So, um, yeah, so I'll get into the transition in short plus. Um, for this race, I brought a thermos with uh, soup. And uh, after lap two, I ate a bunch of soup. Um, for another lap, I just had like a handful of peanut M&Ms, some Swedish fish and Pringles. Right. And in short. Uh, and then I'll just drink like a noon Tab i'm like really you know sweating bad i'll have uh tailwind in my pack right for for the laps but uh when i get in transition i don't really eat that much it's pretty much like liquid Liquid. diet for the most part of the insure plus i'll drink that every lap
1: Hmm. so it's kept me
0: all right so far
1: so did you bring this stuff over with you on the plane Because I've heard that, like, the plane trip is actually pretty affordable, but, like, when you get to Iceland, like, everything there is expensive.
0: Yeah, so the the plane ticket, I think, was, like, I think it was, like, $250 for the ticket.
1: Oh, wow, that's cheap.
0: But then for the luggage, it was, like, $100.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And for this flight, usually when you're flying, it's, like, you have a limit of, like, 50 pounds for your luggage but to go into Iceland for some reason it was 44. So it was a little bit less than what's normal. Like when I go to World's Toughest, my thing is 50 pounds. Yeah. I have like everything in there. So um, for this one, I brought all my nutrition because I didn't want to rely on whatever was available in Iceland, I don't know if they have Insure Plus.
1: And it's right. like a staple. They probably I don't. Have... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I bring five hour energies. I don't know if they have those. So I like had a bunch in my pack yeah. or my uh, luggage. My luggage ended up being, like, a pound or two overweight, but they let me through.
1: Okay.
0: But once you're in Iceland, everything is expensive. Hmm.
1: It's
0: just, like, the food is, like, overpriced. Everything I, is just a lot of money, so I, I guess, didn't want to... I guess that's I because I got to get a lot of stuff
1: imported, maybe, I guess?
0: Yeah, it is an island in the middle of, like, the icy Arctic.
1: There isn't in, like, a McDonald's yeah. or a Subway over there?
0: Actually, funny thing, after the race, I had Subway of all
1: things. <laughs> but they don't have no five ninety nine foot longs over there. Nah, I do think they? it was like a fifteen dollar foot long. Whoa. Yeah, it was it was an expensive foot long. It was uh, That's insane. You're not getting anything
0: for your buck out there. Yeah, after the race we got back to the house and um Spartan had like an after party ceremony thing, but it was at seven. Yeah. And I got back to the house at like three thirty, four o'clock and I was starving. And right next door was Subway. So they're like, all right, let's go to Subway. Had some, like, bootleg lunch meat, some Icelandic lunch meat. (laughs) It was kind of sketchy. I didn't get sick, so that's a good thing. But, uh, oh, that reminds me. The night before the race, the people in my house, they went out drinking. Okay. Right. And the one guy staying with us was, like, a friend of one of these racers. He was, like, an older guy, probably in his 60s he wasn't racing, and he wasn't even going to spectate. He was just hanging out in Iceland. Right. So I'm getting all my pack ready. I got everything ready for the next day. I go to sleep at like 10 o'clock. Well, at 12 o'clock, and he was also sleeping in my room. There were like two beds for each room. Right. He was in my, he was in my room. And for him to get to his bed, he had to walk past my bed. Right. <laughs> right. So 12 o'clock, I hear the, the door stumbling open. And I, like, open my eye so he doesn't really know I'm awake because I really don't want to, you know, talk to anybody. I'm trying to go to sleep. Right. So he comes in and I hear him jiggling, like, his pants, hear him drop his drawers, and then he trips on his pants and falls and stumbles, crashes (laughs) on the floor. The lights are still out. He didn't turn the lights on, so I'm thankful for that. So I'm trying with everything in me not to laugh. I'm like, uh, I was like, God, did I help this guy? I was like, fuck it, I'm not helping him. You know, whatever. So he gets in the bed, and he is huffing and puffing, like, trying to keep it together.
2: I don't know. if he, I thought he was going to puke, because he was, like, moaning, groaning. It was oh, unbelievable. I was
0: like, holy shit. This dude is going to, like, puke. He's, like, 60 years old. Keep it together, bro. So then he finally passes out, from what I think. But I'm wide awake. So I'm in my room on my phone, and it's, like, 1.15. I'm like, oh, my God, I got this race. So then I finally go to sleep again. (laughs) Then I hear something else. It's three in the morning now.
1: Oh my gosh, this is awful.
0: He gets up and he is holding the wall with one arm and with the other arm is reaching out for the door. And he's like walking like an infant, like baby's first steps. (laughs) He proceeds and his his back is facing my bed. He proceeds to fart. All the way across the room. <laughs> he freaking he farted basically all over my face. <laughs> oh my like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I, it took everything in me not to crack up. I was about to lose my shit. Over this. <laughs> it was the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then actually he didn't even. Come, I don't even know when he came back in the room because then I passed back out. So i don't know what happened
1: to him he survived but uh, that was yeah. in the morning i was like man what a what a way to like start the race start a race i woke up twice in the middle of the night i got like no sleep
0: the night before this huge race championship 24 hours i got a drunk guy like farting all over me
1: <laughs> how did you draw draw the shortest straw to be in the room with this guy well uh i don't know like <laughs> Uh, most of the people I was staying with a bunch of
0: uh, like a Gogi people, and they were already like at the house. And but there were some more people that were supposed to come. And when I got there, I like looked into one room and I saw an open bed, and I was like, "All right, that's me." Mm. So I did. I did no research on where I was sleeping. I just <laughs> picked the bed. I should have done a little bit more research.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> just make sure next time you you stay with somebody, you're like, <laughs> I don't want to stay with a 60 year old drunk that farts mm-hmm. and shits all oh, over. but then, uh, but then well, but I felt bad
0: then the next day I was talking to him he was like I hope I don't keep you up at night snoring or anything I want to wish you a lot of luck
1: so I was like oh this fucking guy's like sweet and everything <laughs> and then he keeps it's you like, up all night like, yeah, farting like in your face nothing. it's like Jekyll and Hyde I was like "No nah, man you're
2: good you didn't keep me up you're alright
0: fucking <laughs> Jekyll
1: and Hyde that's <laughs> so funny so, so next guys, time you definitely want to t- stay with somebody who's on the same schedule as you are <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit Yeah, I'll never forget that. That was ridiculous. That's funny. Well, hey, Zach, man, we're a little over an hour now, but I I always want to ask this question to everybody I interview, and that's like, what is your favorite race to date and why? Oh, my favorite race to date, I think it has to be um, 2017 uh, OCR World Championships
0: up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, That venue is amazing perfect and it feels like the olympics the course is uh all the obstacles are i mean just fun it's the whole weekend the short course long course team race charity race it is the most it's been the most perfect race weekend of all
1: time. so much fun it looks like a party up there too with everybody there
0: it is it's like the olympics with all the different countries and everybody's wearing their different jerseys of their countries and the flags you know, and then you got all all the Americans, you know, partying and stuff. It's that's the best race, period. I don't know about how it moved to London if it's still good, but right. I didn't get to go this year because I was injured. But last year, I mean, the past couple of years when it was in Canada, it was perfect.
1: Right. Okay. So, what would you say was your worst race, or the race you hated the most? You know, and why? Um, hated the most. Or was the hardest, maybe? It
0: was the hardest. How about this? Uh, Last weekend, I did an adventure race, and uh, one of the legs of the race was mountain biking. And it was my first time uh, racing on a mountain bike, so I was all excited for it. And (laughs) this trail ended up being a hiking trail, and it was all uphill, and it had boulders on it, and it was physically impossible to ride a bicycle on it. Downhill, (laughs) uphill, it didn't matter. So I ended up pushing my bicycle eight miles uphill on his boulder stuff. And at that point I remember I said to myself, This is the worst fucking race ever. <laughs> <laughs> so last weekend was the worst, or the weekend before Iceland, the adventure
1: race, that bicycle section was the worst part of a course that I've ever done and that sucked. <laughs> so it was all uphill? There wasn't a part where he turned around and went down?
0: Not until like the end of the, the mountain bike section. And you had to find, like, points
1: on a map. So you had to, like, do a compass and everything. Screw that. And, uh, that
0: bicycle section was hell. I was like, this has to be, like, the death race or worse right now. Yeah,
1: man, I get lost on trails that are marked. I don't want, I don't want to have to trust yeah. my compass skills to get me yeah, anywhere.
0: I, mean, I got a little lost. Not too bad, but, yeah, yeah that sucked. Pushing a mountain bike uphill than having to still check your map with a compass and make sure you're getting to the point. It was, tough. and then I kept
1: hitting my shins on the bicycle pedals because I have like the clip <laughs> pedals, oh, so God. they're just, like
0: jagged metal egg beaters, and my calves and my or my shins and my knees were all cut up. <laughs> I hit my knee so hard on my bicycle pedal that it felt like I got kicked in the balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, bet, I bet you were thinking I'm not going to be able to go to Iceland next weekend because of yeah, this stupid well, bike. Like,
0: holy shit! <laughs> like this is the stupidest idea. Oh uh, yeah, race before Iceland. No big deal so what'd you yeah, get for was, winning
1: that race <laughs> uh, just like cuts all over my shins uh, <laughs> that,
0: race, that race I ended up uh, I got short course I DNF pretty much the race judge was like oh yeah you got short course I was like nah it's a DNF I didn't make it to the checkpoint in time man oh man I made it to the one after the mountain bike but then because the mountain bike took so long the next section I didn't make it in time yeah. so that, yeah that race sucked
1: You'll just have to come back stronger next year.
0: Yeah, I'll be back
1: for it, 100%. <laughs> well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Is there anything you want to add? No, just
0: uh, I'm excited to see you next year on the, the races, you
1: know? Right. You know, yeah, there is. Next year. I heard a rumor that it it might not go to Iceland next year. Did you oh, hear anything? Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know if it's, it's real or not, but I keep hearing Sweden.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that'd be a cool place too. I
0: don't know if it's just a rumor, but if it is, well, no matter what, I'm going wherever it is. Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, it's Sweden. That'll be cool.
1: Well, if you had like one tip to tell somebody who is going to do the uh, Ultra World Championships, what would it be? Uh, um, you want to
0: um, definitely bring um. I'm right sure. Kind of The right, yeah, sure, the right kind of layers. You want
1: to make sure you are not cold. Right. You
0: don't want to be cold. Bring extra layers. It doesn't matter. Bring it. Even if you pay extra at the bag
1: check. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, you said you sweated through your first layer on the first lap. So, you know, it would have been bad if you kept wearing, you know, wet clothes like that. So it was, uh, I mean, that was a a key point that you brought an extra layer in Windbreaker. And That translates over to world's Toughest.
0: You want to have extra wetsuits, extra wetsuit layers. Right. Because that's when people quit. They get cold, they get uncomfortable, that's when they quit. So you don't want to get to that point where you have no more options of stuff to put on or off. You know?
1: I know I was glad I didn't sign up for World's Toughest Mudder this year. That looked like really misery. Uh,
0: You're going to have to go next year. It's too much fun. Maybe it'll
1: be warmer next year. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: even now you know that you got to just bring a couple of wetsuits.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like, Dude, it was like 60 degrees that next weekend after all stuff with
0: When I got to Atlanta, we were, and it was like super cold, I was asking somebody at like uh, Waffle House, the server, I was like, is it normally this cold? They're like, no, this is like a freak cold front. i no. like, oh, figures, here we go. Yep. That, that race was freezing
1: yeah well shoot zach man i appreciate you talking to us again man and i appreciate it too all right man Well, we'll talk to you later thank you all right bye hope you enjoyed the interview i want to thank zach again for taking the time to talk to us it's insane what he did this year and just thinking about him doing world's toughest mudder in those frigid temperatures and then a month later going to iceland that's insane I and in those temperatures I would have just balled up and cried. Um, Central Florida was awesome. Tons of people come up to me and said, "Hey, man, I listened to the podcast and it's really cool." And uh, it it means a lot. And and I'm I'm glad everybody did. And if, if anybody ever sees me at a race, please come up to me and say hi. I'm I'm really bad with names, but I and anybody that's come up to me and talk to me, if I don't already know your name, I always ask. So. Um, please come up to me and say, hey, I really, I really enjoy talking to, to the listeners, and, and, and it makes me want to keep uh, doing episodes also. Um, uh, the race was awesome. I managed to go burpee free through the whole weekend and got super lucky and uh, got first place in my age group on Sunday, which will be the last time in the 30 to 39 age group because next year I got to run with the older fast guys. So looking forward to that. Um, first race will probably be in jacksonville so got a little time to take a break and recuperate because my it band was bugging me on that beast so hopefully i can get that taken care of um, follow us on instagram facebook leave a review i will read it and we will see you at the next race peace out